Hi, you're listening to Matt, Matt, and Jen, Transmissions from the Dark Side, and I'll be listening soon. This is Tom Savini, signing off. (laughs) This week on Transmissions from the Dark Side, a radio host. A radio guest. Morton Downey Jr. is a creep. Enter if you dare. Welcome to Transmissions from the Dark Side, where we're watching every episode of seminal 90s horror anthology monsters and reporting it back to you. I am Matt Noss. With me at the table, my two best friends in the whole wide world. If it isn't Jen Hansen and Matt Rose. Hello. Hello. Um... How are you both doing this evening? Struggling to pick up this sticker. Yeah, what is taking so long? Hey, do I the best it. you can. All right, thanks. Uh, doing well. How you doing, Maddie? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, if this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. Mm-hmm. What we do around these parts is we do watch anthology horror. It's a different scary story every single week. Uh, scary is in loose quotes because we're watching the <laughs> anthology uh, show Monsters, and not all of them. Not really that scary. They're in the horror genre. Yeah, that's right. Each adjacent. episode has yeah. a monster. That's correct. This week's episode was called A Face for Radio. What we do around these parts is we guess what the episode's about based on title alone. We call it the dark side guess. Uh, is anybody wanting to go first? Sure, I will. Uh, a Face for Radio. There's a fucking demon talk show host. Points, please. <laughs> Mine is a face for radio. An overnight DJ gives relationship advice, but he's just a head in a jar. And how does he push the buttons? Space magic. I want- no, one, no one is holding a gun to our head to make us do the dark side guess, I'd like to say. No, no. At this point, it is just sheer will. Yeah. Like, oh, you think you're better than us, dark side guess? <laughs> Maddie, what do you got? Matt, you're the one who still cares. Go ahead. (laughs) A face for radio. Uh, Francis Dollarhide, fresh from his stint in Joliet, got his first uh, post-prison internship, assistant at WTFR, Coast to Coast Talk Radio. When the host mysteriously disappears, it's up to Francis to host the show. But what does Francis know about his boss's disappearance? And is it too late to find him? Ooh. Ooh. Unfortunately, none of those guesses were correct. So Jen... Well, I mean, they were all close. Yeah. They were close. Uh, but, Jen, could you hit us up with those sweet dates? I would be glad to, fellas. Tonight's episode was season three, episode 19, A Face for Radio. It aired February 3rd, 1991. Here is the description from IMDb. Oh, IMDb. A cocky, sleazy, and horny late-night talk show radio host brings in a sexy female guest who claims the aliens gave her the solution to evil in the world. A monster that eats bad people who agree to it. He laughs it off at first. This episode was written and directed by Bruce Feirstein, uh, who's had a weird career. He wrote a TV movie called The Best Legs in Eighth Grade. Uh, <laughs> oh, gross. Right. Uh, but I think it was actually a, a comedy show. It started. It starred uh, Tim Matheson. It was like a one-act play. Oh, okay. Uh, he, I'll just go back and give you his, uh, his pedigree. Uh, after graduation, he worked as an advertising copywriter, winning 11 Clio Awards and three one-show gold pencils for his work, uh, which, as someone in advertising, I can say, is a big deal. Yeah. He then became a freelance writer for many publications, including the New York Times Magazine, New Republic, New York, Washington Post, Los Angeles Times, The New Yorker, East Hampton Star, and Playboy. Hmm. Uh, He wrote, uh, as I said, that TV movie, Best Likes in Eighth Grade. He wrote one episode of a 1987 show called Mr. President. He wrote this up. He wrote a short film. 
Uh, then he wrote the screenplays for Goldeneye, Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough, and a bunch of the Bond video games. Holy crap. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He also um, uh, was he was humorist, wrote and coined the phrase, real men don't eat quiche. Oh. Uh, and oh wrote that God. book. Yeah. Yeah. So that's who wrote and directed this episode. <laughs> so, and I think that makes sense. Somebody who's poking fun at uh, at the ideas of masculinity and whatnot. Of hyper-masculinity, yeah. Uh, This episode starred Morton Downey Jr. as Ray Bright. Uh, In the late 80s, Morton Downey Jr. became a household name with the Morton Downey Jr. show, launched in syndication in 1987, carried by many independent television stations. The show generated such controversy that many stations aired numerous disclaimers before and after the show. The controversy arose from debates between guests that often turned physical as a broadcast at the Apollo Theater later proved. Was that the one with... Uh, uh, the, the KKK or the Nazis? Or I can't something? remember, yeah. Um, the show created a legion of fans and made downyisms like Zip It and Loudmouth a part of 80s pop culture. Uh, he was in this. He was famously in an episode of Tales from the Crypt, oh, Predator yeah. 2, Driving Me Crazy, a bunch of stuff as himself, and just being a general piece of shit. Laura Branigan played Amanda Smith-Jones. She was a pop singer uh, with plenty of hits in the 80s, like Gloria, How Am I Supposed to Live Without You, Self Control. Uh, She acted in a few things, not much. She died in her sleep when she was 52 from an undiagnosed ventricular brain aneurysm. Oh, wow. Which is one of the most terrifying things. I mean, I guess that's going in your sleep is certainly a way to go, but aneurysms freak me out. Yeah, me too. Uh, Lori Krebs played Debbie, the producer. Not me. Not me. I love him. Bring him on, aneurysms. Uh, uh, Lori Krebs was in uh, Body Chemistry 2, Voice of a Stranger as Woman Caller, and an episode of Counter-Strike. She was married to Morton Downey Jr. from 1993 to his death in 2001. I have to look up, and uh, while we're doing something, I'll uh, I'll check. But they got married in '93. This episode is '91, so I don't know if he brought her into this episode or if they met, met. on this episode. Mm, that's a good point. Um, Philip Stewart, who was Big Ben Grady, this was his only credit, and Julie Wilson played uh, Cassandra, the psychic who was on before uh, Laura Branigan. She was nicknamed the Queen of Cabaret. Uh, She's a little over a dozen credits starting in 1954, but she was a nightclub and cabaret singer nominated for a Tony Award in 1989 for Best Actress. Look at that. Meg's Diamond, yeah. And that's about it. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Honey, it's family hour. There must be something on. Oh, Krispy Kreme's my favorite. (laughs) Oh. Oh, look, it's Monsters, our favorite show. Oh, give me that Krispy Kreme. Oh, give me that. (laughs) Give me. Give me that. Give me. Give me that. (laughs) The door from the Monsters swings wide open. To a real piece of shit. <laughs> but what a great opening. Like, it oh. tells you everything you need. This yeah. was well written and directed, I thought. Yes. Because yeah. you know exactly who this guy is. Slicked back hair into a ponytail. Tiny, but into a tiny, tiny little just po- ponytail. A whisper of a ponytail. Smoking like a chimbley. <laughs> <laughs> like chimbley? Yeah. Like Lawrence like, Chimbley, like a Chimbley, the smoking, the yes. incredible smoking man. That's right. <laughs> oh, believe it or, or not. not. How old are we? <laughs> hey, nineteen-year-old, can't believe you made it this deep in the episode. <laughs> have you guys ever been to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum? Of course, I have, of course, I have. yeah. I've been to Niagara Falls in the last twenty I've years. I've been to the one in L.A. I saw the hair I, shirt. I, <laughs> I've been to the one in uh, God, Myrtle Beach. I God, we're the coolest, we're the coolest <laughs> people I know. Oh God, you're just talking to three people that got laid all the time. <laughs> just number one, good in crowds. Oh yeah, <laughs> three, two, three. <laughs> Here's some hot facts about us. Good We've each cr- been to a different Ripley's Believe It <laughs> Museum. Can you believe that or not? 
I think that's the most believable thing that has ever been said about the three of us. All three of these, this podcast stars three people who have all been too independent. Ripley's Believe It's or Not, not together, but in separate states. True or false? Who who is this podcast? Oh, transmission oh, from yeah, the dark it's side. Those people. Yeah. Oh my lord! All right. Well, you do get to see Morton Downey Jr. Um, from the back with his ponytail, greasing it up, smoking it up. He is gross. Gross. He's yeah. very gross. They sweat. They set him up to be too slick for his own good, mm-hmm. but at the same time. They also really insinuate that he is a loser. Like that he... He's in an overnight, you know, podunk. Where was this? Buffalo? Buffalo, New York. And it was an overnight coast-to-coast call-in supernatural type show. So Mm -hmm. who is the... He passed away recently, but there was a late night... Coast to coast. Oh, I forget. I, I know who you're talking about, but I I forget his name. Art Bell. Oh, Art oh, Bell. Art that's, Bell. That's, that's what yep. it was. Yeah. Yeah. What was the name of it? Okay, Art Bell. That was Art Bell Coast to Coast or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I believe it is just Coast to Coast. Yeah. Yep, it was just Coast to Coast. <laughs> that show's crazy and, and I think funny. it was on for like six hours or something. Like, it's insanely long. It is very long. Um, it was a, How long did it run? It ran for decades, forever, right? Decades, I thought. Yeah, uh, here we go. Art Bell III uh, was an American broadcaster and author. He was founder of the original host of the paranormal-themed radio program Coast to Coast AM. Let's go to Coast to Coast AM. is an American late-night radio show that deals in a variety of topics. In 1978, Art Bell created, hosted West Coast AM, a late-night political call-in show. In 1988, Bell and Alan Corbeth renamed the show Coast to Coast and moved it to Las Vegas. After Bell's retirement, the show was hosted by various personalities. At its peak, Under Art Bell was syndicated by Premier Radio and aired on more than 500 radio stations and boasted a weekly listening audience in excess of 10 million listeners. Holy Holy shit. Yep. That's crazy. So this show kind of like ran... Forever, yeah, yeah. It ran for I, I, I knew several people. My brother used to listen to it. 1998 is the official like the show that we know. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah, we're and, full on spooky ghosts. Until yeah. he retired in 2000, but he would turn as uh, to host the show, retire and return again for a number of times. So there was kind of like Mike Siegel was in there, Ian Punnett, George B. Wells, George Norrie, I think is who's. Hosting it until I don't even know if it's still running. Currently hosts the show. Yeah. Yep. So it is still a thing, coast to coast. But I mean, I haven't heard. When's the last time I've listened to the radio? Right. Yeah. Used to be every day. Uh, yep. And now it is like podcasts and Spotify. Yes. I, I listen to the radio in the morning. I listen to the news on NPR. But Not me, baby. I need to be in the dark. I no. I, I gotta <laughs> listen to my zoo crew. Oh, I forgot you're such a zoo crew I am nut. such a zoo crew Are nut. you one of Purton's people? Oh, yeah. I'm definitely a Purton's <laughs> purples. <laughs> Holy sh- Jen, are you okay? <laughs> you remember when I said the thing about aneurysms? <laughs> I think I should go to the hospital. Um, you want a Purton's potables? Yes, I do. <laughs> I'll take potpourri for 400. I don't even know what I was saying. It doesn't it, matter. It doesn't matter. Just in high school, too much shit on me. <laughs> uh, in high school, I had uh, my my car in high school only had an AM radio. <laughs> That's how much how pussy old? I was getting. <laughs> how old was this car? Was it, it an AMC? It was a Grand Fury. It was a Plymouth Grand Fury I inherited from my stepdad's parents. Uh, it was just, a, it was a tank, and it had metal shades over the windows. Oh, my God. Uh, just an AM radio, uh, bench seats. 
and and oh, and you would shut the engine off, and it wouldn't stop. It would just sort of chug. Yes. Matt, Matt used to do that. Yeah, too. Yep. it would be like just have this like firework show. No, wasn't Christine a Plymouth Fury? Oh, I think so. Yeah, no, yeah. You, you had you had Christine is yeah, the problem. Yeah, like you probably got FM. That's Christine wanted to listen to AM. <laughs> she was a she was a WJR girl. Yeah, so. if she doesn't hear Honey Radio, <laughs> I'm gonna be furious. If she don't hear that Grand Ole Opry, <laughs> Martin Downey Jr. So the episode starts. <laughs> Martin Downey Jr. is laying down the framework of who he is. Yep. And what this show's about. He has the late night shift. He talks to kooks, psychotics, he, and weirdos. And he's he a is smoking a piece of ball. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And today, at this moment, he is talking to Cassandra Lefkowitz, who can see the future. And then he lays a fact that I'm just like, how? He says that they've been talking for an hour. About what? <laughs> well, she's, well, yeah. And the thing is, she says that she can't tell the future for financial gain. But she's there and, hawking her book. Well, no, she wasn't there hawking. Oh, book. okay, that's right. Uh, she was there to warn him. Uh, but she okay, forgot so, to do that for the first hour that she was there. Correct. <laughs> correct. Like, Sorry, Maddie, I cut you. No, 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 no. This is you know this is how the yeah. show goes. We cut each other off the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Three assholes don't listen to each other while simultaneously going to a Ripley's or believe it or not. Welcome to Transmissions from the Dark Side. I didn't mean it. I just meant like we... We'll talk about it in therapy. It's fine. I understand. You're right. You're right. We'll go over it with I, Janet in I, session. I, I just want you to be honest. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so she, yeah, she, she apparently hasn't told him. The, like, I mean, she's basically like an article of clickbait, where you know, she said like, "Oh, you know, you're gonna learn terrible things about your future," but an hour in, they have not discussed his terrible future. And right before the um, the segment's gonna end, and he's he's mocking her and stuff. Like, come on, just just give me the Bills score this weekend. Give me right. uh, you know, the track traffic tomorrow morning. Finally, she says that uh, she can really only see when bad things are gonna happen to people, and so she's here to warn him that she saw him in a in tiny a little room. box, yeah, a like tiny, a tiny room or box yeah she's and there here was to screaming save him. yeah and if he doesn't change his ways uh meaning stop being a creep mm-hmm. uh then he's a then real latch is, he really is mm-hmm. uh if he doesn't stop these ways then he is going to have that fate yeah a small dark space yes chrome screaming, space screaming screaming a small dark screaming chrome space there is something that we do need to talk about is that Morton Downey Jr.'s talk show host style is to wear a wireless headset and stalk around the room and get so close to his guests that it is straight up harassment. Yeah. It's deeply uncomfortable. So did he do that to Cassandra? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And it was the other thing of, what kind of microphone is Cassandra using? And can we get some of those? That would be great. <laughs> because she literally was talking to nothing on and radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was like, gotcha loud and clear. Yeah. Sounding good. <laughs> she's not wearing headphones. She's not, she's just sitting there like yeah. talking. There were several points in this episode that I was like, what is, I can't tell when they're cutting to commercial. I mean, I guess I can because he's doing the, um, he's doing the, 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 like, the, bit, the, the sponsorship. Yeah. Bits. The sponsorship announcements. But there are other times where it's, he just seems to be having private conversation, like off mic conversations, but it's while the show would be going. So it's hard to tell what's. What's real and what's not. But I'm disassociating right now. So. Well, there, there's a lot of moments in the episode where he does asides to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and it, But those Buffalo asides, 
These, oh. oh, they're oh. so good. I, I did ayahuasca last night, yeah. and I had a buffalo aside. <laughs> and I really opened up something that I didn't know didn't I needed to have it. open. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. walked through the third door. Um, the, his asides to Buffalo are jerk-off fantasies. <laughs> like, the, he... Every aside to Buffalo is a Dear Penthouse forum. Yeah. <laughs> eventually. He kicks her out he's eventually. Like, he's like, I, I did want to bring up one thing that I thought was really funny. Um, is that he brought up in her book that she warned that the Golden Gate Bridge was going to fall into the Atlantic. And yeah. he was like, so how does that work? Does it does it have a tr- like a transcontinental thing? And she was like, it was a typo. It's, it's a typo. There, it was a typo. Like no, that's that no, that would that would be you know like if it said past like you know Pekific or something, mm-hmm. not not Atlantic. That's not a typo. That is you got it wrong because mm-hmm. you don't know geography. He asks his producer who's next. His his lovely blonde producer, right? Um, a woman with an alien in a box. Great, perfect. <laughs> his response, and in and walks legs. Now he's he's kind of widening up. He's coming back from that break. He's letting Buffalo know that that something is happening, and this is how it goes. He's like, "Oh, Buffalo, you got to make sure that if you need a truck or a car in the tri-state area, that you." Oh, mama! Oh, 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 sweet milky legs. Oh, mm, yeah. I mean, mm. he's a Tex Avery cartoon <laughs> yeah. at this point. Yum, 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 <laughs> yum, yum. And just keeps going right up from that short skirt to the black blazer and pearls to Dracula's head. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk more about this stare because we'll get to see it again. But we'll be back with more transmissions from the dark side after this. So what does she say right there? I think they got the alien. I thought she said alias. It's probably alias, but I want to say I think they got the alien. I just would like to point out that she is dressed like a flash villain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do yourself a favor. Head over to YouTube. Watch Laura Branigan's Gloria video. It is quintessential 80s 80s yeah. 70s 80s where it's just like we don't have anything new yet <laughs> except uh leg warmers in in leotards um uh gloria i think they got your number i think they got the alias that you've been living under so here's a fun fact about me i never heard alias my whole life i can you hear heard it alien i always heard Elliot. Oh. <laughs> so I, and this is from me being a kid, and I haven't heard Gloria in in yeah. years. <laughs> but I haven't heard. Much like a stromboli. <laughs> yes. I haven't, I haven't heard Gloria. This is the first time I'm hearing Gloria 
in easily 15 years. Yes, yeah. same. I always thought it was, I think they have Elliot. Oh, you thought it was an E.T. E. E. song? I thought it was an E.T. song. <laughs> Gloria was like the dispatcher. <laughs> Correct. I was like, I don't know, but this song's about E.T. Because <laughs> I loved E.T. so much. Yeah. And uh, it is not. They think they got the <laughs> alias. It's basically Gloria's on the run. This yeah. is a story about a lady on the lamb. Her, her friends dropping dimes to let her know that the safe house ain't safe, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get out of there. But uh, I think that's a bass part even I could play. I think so. That's just the washing machine. <laughs> Did, uh, did either of you see E.T. in the theater? Oh, yes. yeah. Okay. And the drive-in yeah. and the dollar show. And oh, wow. Yeah. yeah I, I saw it. I, I mean, we went to the drive-in a lot. Well, I I was listening to Bill Simmons' uh, Rewatchables podcast, and they did one about uh, Temple, not Temple of Doom, Raiders. Mm-hmm. They did one about Raiders. And it's like Raiders was in the theater first run for a year. Yeah. Yep. And it's like E.T. felt like the same. I it probably was pretty close. That was what do you want to go do? I don't know. We could go see E.T. or something. I saw I saw Empire literally a a, a minimum of twenty five times <laughs> because each of my parents will insist mm-hmm. on taking me that they personally took me to see it twenty times. I we would just go see it. I we would go to the movies every week. We what do you want to see Empire? Great. We would go to the Dollar Show. And it was just the second run movie house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I saw Clash of the Titans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so did I. Ten to twenty times. Yeah. Because I guess like that was the movie that everybody had. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw Wrath of Khan a whole mm-hmm. bunch in the oh, theater. Oh yeah. And yeah, and I saw Star Wars. I mean, you know, there's no way I saw it in 1977. I was right. born yeah. in 1977. Right. So I saw it in the second run house. Same with Empire. I think I was cognizant enough to see jedi yeah i definitely saw true, jedi in the theater I on did the not true see first Empire. run yeah yeah but like that's the thing that is so impossible to understand now of how long in in how long we held on to media well, it was unlikely that you were going to see it again. So it was, see, well, yeah, you know, it used you to take at least see... a year to get on VHS. Well, even before VHS, yeah, you know, yeah. it was just, well, when this goes away, maybe we'll bring it back in five years or something. Or, right. or when it or comes sec- on TV or something yeah, like right. that. Yeah, like you, you, and that's such an odd, odd thing now that I can literally pull up a blockbuster video worth of entertainment through my remote control. I can yeah. watch Black Widow on the day it is released for $30 if yeah. I wanted no. to do it, which no. I There's do not. There's literally no way that I would do that. No. I yeah. don't know no. what they're thinking with I this $30 either. price tag. I, I don't either. I think they did that with Mulan and with Raya and The Last Dragon, too. And it was like, <laughs> no, I can wait a couple weeks, guys. Well, I wonder if we're not the the audience. for. I mean, I guess Black Widow is one thing. The kids' movies, I guess I can... Yet, because maybe people aren't taking their kids to. Well, theaters. I mean, I guess that if is it was, true. I guess if it was a family, like five people, right? Yeah. Well, when you factor in how much tickets are, and if you have to get like food and stuff for people, then it is way more than thirty dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you go to the uh, the drive-in? Did you go to the one in Mount Clemens? I want to say yes, but okay. I, I couldn't honestly tell okay. you. We were closer to Roseville, and I feel like there was one. So that would not be impossible to drive a little bit more up yeah. the road to Mount Clemens from Roseville. Um, Shit, maybe it was Roseville. I'm trying to remember what the hell it was called. But we would go all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I well, remember. Yeah, was, there, there was one on Gratiot, right? Yeah, it was yeah, the one on yeah, Gratiot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember we were seen like E.T., but in the distance was sorority girls playing. And... Um, which, Wait, pri- private school? Private school. Yeah, with Phoebe Cates, yeah. Yes, yes. And that was like, an, a, and we were so excited that we might be able you to You might see, see a sliver of tit. <laughs> Just a whisper, just a whisper of tit. Of... Ja, please give me them <laughs> Can I just see them tits? Yes. Um, great song. It's a, it's a dumb, wonderful song. It's great, yeah. It definitely takes me back to my childhood. 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, big time. Uh, it's been in like forty movies or something. I was looking on her IMDb. It's it's credited on a lot of soundtracks. I can see that because it's a very. You can put almost any situation into that song mm-hmm. that involves somebody in trouble. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think they have the number. I think they have Elliot. I think they have Elliot. E.T. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the, God, what was the flash dance? The, the theme song for that uh, was actually written for the movie Maniac. Really? Yes. It was actually written for the movie Maniac. Oh, the movie so the about the, the song Maniac. Yes, was written for the for the movie Maniac. Okay, because my you said Flashdance and I went Irene Cara. I did the same thing. What a, what a feeling! Nope, nope. She's a maniac. <laughs> Would you maniac. believe these three <laughs> podcasters <laughs> all went <laughs> separately on their own volition <laughs> to? Uh, yeah, we're good. Okay. <laughs> Matt, did you want to finish your thought? Oh, yeah, just uh, the director ended up not using the song, and so the guy was like, okay, I can rewrite the lyrics, because mm-hmm. it was literally like about a maniac killing people, uh, you know, which, the movie. Um, that song would not have been good in the movie Maniac. No, no, no that would have been terrible. Not, but Flashdance yeah. worked. Yeah, it she's worked. a maniac on the floor. On the floor. And she's and, dancing. And not stabbing. <laughs> <laughs> that was the second right. <laughs> The first draft was for the movie Mania. Yes. The second draft was the transition yes. to Flashdance. Third draft, third draft nailed it. Yeah. Third draft nailed it. And we're back. All right, let's talk about it. The how, the camera how? pan up. <laughs> the camera pan up from to Laura Branigan here. Now she's wearing hose. She's wearing a pencil skirt. And they're like really focused on her legs. And then they get up to her face and she is making a face of a Dracula. I wrote, how is she acting with her teeth? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question. She's like, she's straight staring. I said, this is like the episode of 30 Rock where they're like, Liz Lemon, just relax and smile and like she doesn't know how to smile it's like just wink, wink. and it's like they've never winked before <laughs> it was like the the instructions really never came but there was a vague like be coy or be aloof i they made her like looking at her in that gloria video you know she's pretty she's pop star she's pop star pretty she's you know got a sort of odd-ish face, but fine, it works, whatever. It's like they sort of made her unattractive for this episode, but I don't understand why, because he's going after her so hard. Well, so... Maybe it's to make her an alien? We will revisit the attractiveness of this outfit later. Okay. Um, Towards the very end of the episode. Uh, but yeah, she, they gave her like a square hairdo. And I mean, honestly, what she kind back of tight, it's pulled back tight, but then it like pops out of the back. So it's on her, like, like a pompadour with no top. <laughs> it's so confusing. Yeah. It's weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, you thought Dracula and I, I think that that is very accurate, but I also kind of thought that like. She looked like a lizard person wearing a human suit. Like she, she just looked so uncomfortable. Yeah. And I, like for me, it looked like the director said something and she didn't hear him and she didn't know what to do. She just kind of sat there staring at him with a like a confused look. I mean, she really looked. Confused. She didn't quite like, look. That was that was not a sexy look. That was a. a I'm sorry. What? Right. If you were doing a minimalist. <laughs> like a minimalist community theater version of Ghostbusters and you needed a Zool. Like that was the look, you know, that is, that is perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Now I can't say anything. (laughs) That would, you nailed it. Thank you. Uh, he throws around some double entendres entendres, that are barely, that are just mostly single entendres. Yeah. (laughs) 
I love the way you shake your box. There's like some f- sort of gross flirting. Uh, it was the point that I noticed his ashtray. Yeah, there were so there many were like a cigarettes. hundred cigarette butts in there. It was all cigarette butts. It was a, it was an ashtray made of cigarette. Butts. It was so so disturbing. Yeah. And, and again, this is a very Dear Penthouse forum. Mm-hmm. You'll never believe what happened to me. She was walking on a beach in Saint-Tropez. Um, and uh, uh, what were you wearing? Naked. Yeah. Naked. Wearing naked. <laughs> I was all nakers. Just straight brick D's naked. I was wearing human skin of mine. <laughs> My own human woman skin. <laughs> and then uh, there's been some bad lines in the monsters canon. But this is this is a pretty terrible situation that's about to be explained yeah. via Amanda Smith Jones. Yeah. They took me up to the spaceship. Well, the, they uh, before she oh, knew oh, it, she was asleep on the beach. Yeah. The alien. Was suddenly on top, on top of her while she was nude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then she was traveling through time, and right? Space. So and space. the and then it brings her up to the thing, a cylindrical room, and then it. They all took turns uh, examining and probing, probing her. Yeah. They all took. This is so gross. Yeah, mm-hmm. they all took turns examining and probing her, and then, and then they calmly explained they were aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's cool. Yeah. <laughs> hey, okay. All right. We're done. Now we can tell you. We're, we're aliens. aliens. Yeah, from oh, another planet. From sorry another planet. if that was... <laughs> oh. Okay. Now I get it. Didn't know. Did, yeah. If you told me that before. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we never let it Yeah. Be. No, it's better to go right into the probing. You gotta probe. Yeah. Because if we tell you before, then you know. Right. So it's just better. We just, you know, when we're done, we can all kind of wrap up. We can have a drink. We can talk about it. And Thanks then, for letting us probe you. Then Morton Downey Jr. interrupts everything. and He's like, cut it. Yeah. Why well, are you feeding me this line of bull, baby? What's a handsome woman like you do? a handsome <laughs> woman. Oh. What's a Bonafide bovine like you. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, during, and I don't think it's this point, but I'm just, he keeps mentioning the time. And he keeps saying it's 3 a.m. It's 3.30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his producer is like, we have calls. Because the producer also sees, like. The producer is also, like, his girlfriend. They talk about going to breakfast at one point. Yeah. She sees because he's again stalking around the room that he's smart. He's sporting some some chub. Yeah. So she's like, "We've got calls. We should take calls." And he's like, "No, no calls. calls." And he keeps calling Laura Brannigan babe, and it's so <sighs> gross every time. Oh, and she he's talking into her neck. <laughs> he's touching her shoulders. Like she thought he would believe her, and he's like, "Yeah." So here's the thing. Let's go to a hotel. Here's the deal. The, didn't he say the Ritz Carlton? I want to Carlton? take you to the yeah. Ritz. And I want to see them the honeymoon t- suite. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take you to that honeymoon suite. And I'm going to see them teats. <laughs> uh, Who is calling this show at 3 a.m.? Who? Oh, oh, Buffalo's finest. Probably my uh, my uncle would have called in. He was he was huge into those kinds of drug shows. dealers and prostitutes. <laughs> and I'm like watching this, and I'm like, Laura Branigan hates this guy. Yeah, <laughs> Laura Branigan hates, hates Robert. Me. Yes, Morton <laughs> Downey Jr. Morton, <laughs> Maybe she <laughs> hates both. We don't know. Definitely hates Morton Downey Jr. <laughs> she has some issues with Iron Man. Too. <laughs> Can you imagine if Warren Downey Jr. was Iron Man? <laughs> Zip it. <laughs> you would just constantly be smoke coming you out of his mouth. You puke. <laughs> you pablum puking liberal. 
Oh, oh God, what can, a piece of shit. When we come back, Nazis and what they think. I'm interested. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you remember when he uh, when he supposedly got beat up by neo-Nazis in a bathroom? Yeah. And like carved carved a swastika on his head. Yeah, and then it was him. Well, and also it was he he lied about the whole thing and it was him. Yeah. Well, it was they knew he was lying because he couldn't get his story straight, and yeah. also he drew it on his forehead in the bathroom, bathroom mirror, mirror, and it was reversed. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. So, it lo- so this it looks like perfect. Yeah. Zip it. You've done, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. You've done it again. <laughs> I'm Robert Downey Jr. I'll always be Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Morton, no, uh, easy, Morton. <laughs> So he uh, now he he wants to see what's in the box. Mm-hmm. So he oh, this is the best. He takes the lid off, and he's like, Ugh, "What? My daughter could? Oh my god, that's right. He has a daughter." Ugh. Uh, so he's like, "My, my daughter, daughter could, could build a better, better puppet." puppet. Um, meanwhile, Kuato there, <laughs> <laughs> he he lifts himself up. He what is this? What is it is a puppet, but what yeah. does this puppet look like to you? Uh uh, who was the 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 puppet from um Tales from the Dark Side, the famous one? Oh, oh, Lizzie. the one the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lizzie, but like like starved, shriveled Lizzie. Like if Lizzie was a was a plum, this puppet is the prune. Yeah. I kind of thought uh head of a mad ball, body of a <laughs> King crab. <laughs> okay, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna do better than that one. That its face kind of looked like those those aliens and Rick and Morty that run at each other and turn into purple goo. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The the alien then goes, "Hey, man, just bad news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's, she's evil. evil. She did this to me." And, uh, and that's an act break. That's another yeah, that act, act break. break. Plowing through this episode, we'll be back with more transmissions from the dark side after this. Coming on such short notice, once again, I'm Agent Morris with the NSA, and this is Special Agent Fitzsimmons. You three are of great interest to the U.S. government, as you are the first and only people to have experienced two mm-hmm. verified alien abductions. <laughs> I mean... nights like because one minute we're drinking beer in nicole's parking lot and saying now we're cosmic curiosities indeed now can you tell us how you were brought aboard the spacecraft well first of all i'd like to thank you for this bitchin hat (laughs) it fits my head perfect and i love it oh well uh we're glad you like it um and also to answer your question sir it was this sort of like pathway made a golden light came down from the spaceship and we were just like gently ushered in and just floated up into it man we got up and you know we got up in the ship and we saw the aliens glowing beings made a beautiful light and they welcomed us back it was amazing i see and uh you miss rafferty yeah. <laughs> Cookie crumbled a little different for me here. I, uh, I wasn't so much lifted by light as I was caught in a net. A little bastard set a snare for me. Next thing I know, I'm being winched straight up through the world's sappiest pine tree, right? My slacks got snagged on a branch, so they're gone. And I'm hauled on board with my bush and my tush hanging <laughs> I see my old pals, the gray aliens with the big, stupid, fat eyes, and I'm hit with the realization, first time I've been on a second date since 2009. All right. All right. Uh, I I love that one because Ryan Gosling has to pull the hat over his Mm -hmm. face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he breaks pretty, pretty... I would would crumble. I can't blame Yeah. I would crumble like a house of cards. (laughs) No... Nothing else to add to that. It's it's probably one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. I think they did it like three times. Yeah, they did twice with Gosling and once with the guy from Suits, mm. whose name I can never remember. Gosling. Yep, Another Ryan Gosling. Gosling. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. It was three Ryan Goslings. It wasn't Matt Bomer, was it? No, it was Bat Bomer. Well, uh, Remy Malik wasn't on Suits, was he? No, I that was, that was Mr. No, was Mr. I'm Robot. probably wrong. Is is well, we believe you because we're best friends. 
And best friends believe each other no matter what, Matt. You're right. No matter what. You're right. And that's what I appreciate you about you. Um, okay. They've done it a ton. They literally have done it a ton. That's that's unusual for Saturday Night Live. <laughs> you mean for them to find something that works? And, and then, then grind it, it into a fun Just taste. grind it. Uh, uh, looks like they did it with... Everybody, everybody's a mystery to me now. Um, Affleck's brother, Casey Affleck, Casey Affleck, Paul Rudd, they did it with. But the one that I was thinking about was with Lee Schreiber. Oh, oh, I don't know. And I don't think that's in Suits. Okay, he seems like he's somebody from Suits, though. Yeah, but he's actually on Skins. Perfect. Yeah, (laughs) the British comedy, sex comedy (laughs) with teenagers. And we're back. Um. Trying to do shirts and skins, <laughs> suits and skins is not nothing. Oh, you know, you ever you ever play suits and suits skins? and skins? We're, it's it's a classic basketball matchup. Oh, the suits are at a huge disadvantage. Huge. It gets hot as fuck it's out there, especially in the nineties. Yeah. I mean, they all look like MC Scat Cats out there. <laughs> They're sweating their balls off in a in a suit that they got from Oak Tree. Me- Meanwhile, skins are just light just as a breeze. Cruising. Oh. Unfortunately, they also, if they lose, will get skin. Right. <laughs> it's a different time. Different time. Just a different time in the 90s. Wild. So. Now it's a conversation between the producer and Morton Downey Jr. outside. Yeah. And the producer is like, I thought I was your girlfriend. She's trying to pick you up. What the fuck are you doing? You are you mad s- cheating on me right now. You said now. I was your last best hope yeah. after Ellie. I'm sure. Chicago. Jen, is that what every woman wants to hear? Oh, yeah. That's that's how Ted. Oh, God. Guys, it was so beautiful. Ted got down on one knee and said, Jenny Reynolds, you're my last best hope. <laughs> sure, I'm going to fuck Laura Branigan. <laughs> but you, but you are, my are my last best, best hope. hope. If anybody was going to fix me, baby. <laughs> and look, this clock is stopped. <laughs> TikTok, fix this broken heart. That was a Laura Branigan song, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Uh, again, n- disregard for microphones all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's talking into them, just like this podcast. <laughs> what do you mean? Yep. No, this whole podcast is taking a... <laughs> Taking part inside of a snow globe. <laughs> Rosebud Studio. Uh, so there is a small monster that we saw in this box. We described him. He is telling Ray, save yourself. There's still time. Yep. How does he know his name is Ray? So, so He's been listening to the show, Jen. <laughs> oh, I'm the asshole. <laughs> You idiot. <laughs> you know, I, I cannot believe all three of us. <laughs> Please believe it or not. Oh, ye of little faith. Uh, he goes off on this, this diatribe to the camera that is just him getting in her face about uh, how you she's fucking with her I hair. Have yeah. Power. Because I have the power and the power to change people's minds. I'm stronger than all this cosmic crap. And I tell the truth. And I've ruined people, but they deserved it. Yeah. She's like, you're right. People should get what they deserve. I was drawn to your power. Prove it. Give me a disgusting kiss with my ashtray mouth. Oh. oh. Now this is uh this is stuff I I've only dated one smoker. Okay. And it wasn't the worst, but after a cigarette, it would be like, yeah, gross. Uh, no, thank you. Yeah. But they were very self-conscious about it, so they would uh, brush their teeth off. Yeah. So that was good. But very menthol. Oh, menthol is, a, is an attempt. I, I think they're getting rid of menthol. Really? I, think, I was reading, I, I, I think, think it was like, yeah, I the think FDA banning yeah, it or some, something? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Because of what it, it opens appeals, up the it lung. It appeals to kids, I think. You know, how kids like, love menthol. Well, no, no. I mean, I don't mean children, like like five year olds. Yeah. I just mean like you know teenagers and stuff, because it's it's easier to smoke than like a regular cigarette. I mean, at least it it's like. 
I started on menthols when oh, I was yeah? a kid. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Not me, baby. I never started smoking. <laughs> never. <laughs> That's My, why Matt smoked one cigarette in his entire mm. life, I believe. I had a I had one good cigarette in my entire life. Was I think, it a clove? No, oh. it was a Marlboro Red. Okay. Well, and that's what my brother smoked. Okay. My brother smoked Marlboro Reds, and I had one, and it did what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Just make you vomit? No, and- no. Oh. I got the head rush. Oh, okay. I got, I got like what why people smoke yeah. feeling. And then um, I knew that if I had another one, I'd be a smoker. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have another one. That's very smart. Yeah, that was yeah. smart. Because I was like, yep, I get it. And I was like, I, uh, Nancy Reagan showed up. Yeah. Shook my <laughs> hand. Yep. She said, it worked. Glad I was on. Muhammad Ali that showed show. up and said, you're the champ. <laughs> That's correct. I guess we found out who the champ is today. <laughs> hey, kid. And he threw a belt at you and you fell over. <laughs> hit me in the face. <laughs> Believe it. Or not. Or not. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say that the the explanation. So Morton Downey Jr.'s character asks Laura Branigan, "Tell me what happened," and she tells this story that is so cockamamie. I did not follow it, and I couldn't follow it. Like when you read the explanation or synopsis of this episode, I was like, "That's what that was supposed mm-hmm. to mean." So she's like, he, I, he came from a planet. A universe where that was much more peaceful than ours. Because they created hate eaters. And the hate eaters eat the people who hate. Yeah, they and eat, then they, they become... eat evil people who volunteer. Like, what evil people are going to volunteer? This is the dumbest plan ever. Yeah, so evil people volunteer to be eaten, and then their personality is the personality that's in the little, the little shrunken dude. Yeah, but but only until only the next until meal. he eats another one. Yeah, and then they're gone forever. Yes, this did not work for me. <laughs> no, I was like, huh? Yeah, very confused. It was like, sure, just and eat Morton Downey Jr. and end this episode, yeah. please. Because I'm like, this is what's going to happen. They do a nice job of building it up because he definitely has a pride cometh before the fall yeah. type situation. Where he's, he's he's now kind of taunting it, right? Where he yeah. says that, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to take a chance on this slug ball. I volunteer. And as soon as he says that, now she's all smiles. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Pull that the, beast be, because out of the box. After after he kissed uh, Laura Branigan, um, the producer got her jacket and left. Yeah, which you know good makes for her. Good for her. Sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I can find another DJ to treat me poorly. <laughs> so if not, I'll find a stand up. Right. <laughs> uh, um, but he uh, he looks into the booth. Uh, and oh God, what does he say? It's something like, well, how am I going to take calls now? And then he gets eaten. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then it cuts to, um, God, like a Some southern DJ in a cowboy right. hat. Yeah. Because the, the phase is coming right for Morton Downey Jr. Because they do some paranoia cam where yeah. it's his face in hyper close up. And then the monster's face in hyper close up. And it starts coming towards the camera. And then it's a hard cut. To Laura Branigan on another uh, Big Ben Gray, another radio talk show, and she's got the box with her, and so she looked totally different. She had a cowboy hat. She had blonde hair in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, looked way different. Did not look like a Dracula. No, she didn't look like a Dracula. Yeah, and guys, you'll never guess who's the voice of the monster now. Hey, get out of here! Zip it! Zip it! <laughs> You pablum puking liberals. <laughs> and that's the episode. Yeah, Richard P. Rubenstein. So let's go to the writer's room. I don't understand why she needed to be carrying around this alien and then there was this convoluted story. Like, why wasn't it just he was handsy with her? She was just there to tell her alien abduction story and then they go to the hotel or whatever and the alien is like in her chest and that's the little... Also like Quato. Yeah, yeah. 
I'd go for a quato at this point. I could go for a quato tonight. You guys want to? You guys yep. want to go? I'm three ways like quato tonight. Like quato tonight. <laughs> Again, nineteen-year-olds. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this much of the episode. And if you want to know how to get laid, <laughs> listen, just say what we're saying. <laughs> listen, listen. The, the, you are talking to three NLP masters, <laughs> just slayers of the mind. We we walk up, we got it, we see a two set and we walk up and start nagging immediately. We we just get them. We've read the game by Neil Strauss. We know what's up. We pop we peak we pop up as peacocks. Proud as a peacock, baby. We just show up and, and, and women are like I'm confused and hot and bothered. <laughs> the again, three people creating groups. Yeah, great with street magic. People, <laughs> just oh god, get us around a table at a at like a hibachi uh, place. Uh, get me, a, get me a, a Japanese steakhouse. Here's my dream. It's a sorority, <laughs> and they're looking for a good time, and I'm alone. <laughs> No one to save me. And that's where I make friends. Give these girls the experience of a lifetime (laughs) called Get Away From This Creep. (laughs) Again. How would you guys change the episode? (laughs) You know, here's the thing with this one. Sometimes these episodes, the way that they're written, you cannot change enough if you 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 just end up rewriting the whole damn thing, yeah. yeah. Because I'm like, I like the setup with Morton Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. I like the setup that he's a radio host. I like the somebody coming in uh, doing the confession, but it's like because I see what's happening so early, all the suspense is really pulled out of it. It's like. Yeah, he's going to get eaten by this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, in the middle of the second act, exactly how this thing ends. Right. Yeah. And there isn't really that build up. There wasn't a twist. I would rather no, yeah, of him believe that it was a real alien mm-hmm. and then still gotten eaten by it because she truly did trick him. Mm-hmm. He didn't believe anything was going on, you know. He he's standing at the crossroads. The devil shows up, and he's like, "Who are you?" Yeah, you know. <laughs> I would have loved it if it was like an actual twist, and it was you know, Laura he Brannigan comes in. He was a demon, or uh, you know, Laura Brannigan comes in. He figures out it's a puppet, or he figures out she's a fake. He debunks her too. He feels good about himself, and then it's the producer that's the alien, and he's crossed her loved. now for. Yeah. I would have uh, loved yeah. that. For, yeah, I mean, you know, I, cheating on him or being. I, a I think that, I think that the format for me worked. I don't care that it was a bottle episode. I just think that y- you guys are right. Like the the, the three the three acts the, the the three acts are sloppy, right? Like, yeah, you you don't have to wait for a gun to yeah. go off. Like it, it's yeah, it's just it's, sloppy. Yeah, it's yeah. sloppy. It's sloppy. I mean, tighten it up. Um, there, there's like w- what you were saying. You know, you could you could make somebody else the the villain here. It could be a complete misdirection, and the you know the real villain is I don't know the janitor. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's just a little on the nose. It was no yeah. Golden Eye guys. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. Famka Jansen didn't show up. Right. <laughs> uh, Jen, give us a scale. Oh, um, scale of one to ten copies of whatever that book was. Oh, in the future? Mm-hmm. <laughs> scale of one to ten in the futures. Kind of feel like it was a six and a half, like a seven. Six. Yeah, I'd go, with, I'd go with the six and a half. Yeah. Yeah. That's the episode. Uh, we will be back next week yeah let's say it yeah let's just say next week yeah. we're we're just trying to end monsters in style and then we're, we're... wearing top hats <laughs> <laughs> oh yep exactly what you would expect from these three interpersonal relationship masters <laughs> <laughs> all of by the way all three of us married so so who doing... who's laughing now <laughs> <laughs> who's laughing now dr jones <laughs> 
Uh, did I forget anything? Uh, try, uh, to try to enjoy the daylight. Enjoy the daylight try yes. to enjoy the daylight. Have a great night, everybody. Uh, okay, bye. 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 Transmissions from the Dark Side is hosted and recorded by Jen Hansen, Matt Rose, and Matt Noss. Edited by Matt Noss. Hosted by Gabber Media. Our theme music was composed and performed by Slasher Dave. You can find him on Bellyache Records. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at T from the Dark Side. And on Twitter at TFTBS Pod. Email us at T from the Dark Side at gmail.com. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight.